Hello. Here we are. So good. How are you? Uh, I am feeling alive. Alive and well. And I'm back in my little restaurant here. Which and, is terrific. Um, mm -hmm. Well, I believe Shay is running a little bit late, so that's fine. And I just want to say hello to all those who... Um, I'm tuning in to listen to this. Um, oh, here he is. I can see. I can see there is someone turning up. Um, so this is a subject that really has been given to me several times, but at the moment I think it's becoming more and more prevalent, and that is the poverty consciousness that has existed and continues to exist among the spiritual community, the so-called awakened community. And... What I've learned from that over the years is that when we are in poverty consciousness, that takes so much energy from us. It, it really diminishes who we are and who we can become. And so um, in this time where everything is becoming more expensive, more, um, you know, we are being pushed to go back into victimhood, uh, I'm noticing that this is becoming really quite a, a strong energy within people where um, the word I can't afford it comes up time and time again. And for me, those words were, you know, absolutely not allowed in my world a long time ago uh, because of the emphasis behind it. However, what I would like to talk about today, and hello, Shay. He just squeezes in between us. Look at you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, my. That's good. Um, can we change the background? Because there seems to be an awful lot of us now. <laughs> Come on, Shay. You can drive that. Yeah, that's better. How are you? Going good. Thank you. Excited that's for this conversation. Thanks for... Um have me involved and uh, so good to see you both Yvonne and Sovereign nice to see Yay. you on mm, very exciting um you know the thing about this poverty consciousness for me um every issue is an opportunity for growth and expansion and so I look I look at this overcoming it because it it has purpose you know function with purpose is one of your favorite things Sovereign and so I would like to examine that. And I never take notes, right? I'm usually just channel things. I'm going to just tell you that before we came on, I have been given all these things to address. And I'm going, wow, you're a bit ahead of time. However, we'll get to them. So I just want to ask both of you, when I came up with that topic, um, poverty consciousness and and specifically within the spiritual community and the, the the awakened ones because how can we be way showers to a new earth experience when we are living in poverty consciousness i mean nobody wants to follow that so unless we change that mindset and that heart set um we really are going uphill and it is slowing down the progress of our ascension. So it's a big one to tackle. So I would really like to ask both of you um, how that topic sits with you. So maybe I'll start with you, Sob. Go on. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, something that I've lived with most of my life, Yvonne. 
and I have been a new earther for well over 15 years, if there is such a thing, such an acronym, but let's just use that. People that uh, believe there's a new earth from my own reflection, um, they have a tendency to be deeply unresolved with the world of men. And for me, it's always addressing the root cause and finding the root cause of of the challenges that we face. And so I, I can empathize a lot with what people are struggling with because our heart is saying this world isn't a true world. When you go and study the Gnostic understandings from way back in the 1500s and 1400s, already then there were awakened souls walking the earth that recognized that the world of man that was being created around them based on taxes and systems of, of governance, that it was formulated as a bad copy, a bad copy, a false copy of the original blueprint, the original metric that obviously is entropic. So this, this living in an entropic environment that is mostly a mindscape that has been created as, as society forms itself, in, in our inner being, there's a misalignment with it. And it's only when we reclaim our own host role and when we reclaim and restore our own wholeness, in my own experience, that we really get a way out of that. And, and one of the challenges for me in that sense around money was that in order to financially break free, so to speak, and stay true to my own heart, I, had, I felt I had to participate in the bad world, in the world that I've found to be a matrix of programs and beliefs and orientations that I had unresolved frequencies around. And that was when I left the Netherlands and the lead up to that. And of course, in hindsight, I can take those things as a blessing, but I wish that this type of conversation would have come into my field, let's say 10 years ago, and I would have had ears to hear it because the hardest thing about all of this is actually not the addressing of relationship out there. It's the relationship in here that, and for me, it's not just about shifting belief systems or reprogramming our mind so that we put a lot of affirmations on our mirror that say, um, I'm open to the abundance of the universe. There is a realignment with our inner truth. And over that inner truth has set for me a lot of hurt and a lot of pain and a lot of, a lot of burden. And I was not willing to feel that. And what I instead did, I just became a new earther and I dreamt a beautiful dream and I lived a courageous and bold and unique life and, and, and walked a very narrow path. But was it filled with abundance? No, there was always just enough. And that and that's that's fine. But does it provide me with the more um, relevant comforts like my own shelter that I don't have to figure out how I'm going to put the rent together uh, over the next six months or all those thoughts. And a lot of my journey started shifting when I started this path of awakening sovereignty looking at the language, looking at the language programs and really starting to slowly recognize that I was orientating myself in a disempowered way 
because of that herd, but my language that I used because of that was not aiding me. And so I stopped also saying after a while, I can't, or I, um, I don't know, or the sentences that were based on, I need, I need this. Um, once I studied syntropy, I realized the original metric, the original blueprint is based on abundance. And what sits in the way of that is programming, but that programming is held by my stories that I was still barking up against within myself. And that had very much to do with the world of man, with the dissatisfaction and the resentment, really the resentment towards the matrix. And that's a toxic brew. It's, you know, it's nice to dream about a new civilization and a, and a new generation that, that changes the direction as to where we're all going collectively. But if underneath that there is a resentment that drives that vision, well, you can't generate abundance out of a toxic soil environment. It, it, that it, it doesn't really work. So I have had some hard learning over the past months, uh, particularly. Mm. We've had conversations like that. <laughs> Thank you. And look, you know, I just love that because um, I too have had this, you know, struggle, um, as you could, you might say, of just enough. And, uh, and it is a program that we have to go beyond. So again, you know, this is something that we all got to look at how deep does that programming go. But today I also want to go a little further and go to how, what's the truth underneath it and how can we overcome it? Because one of the, the things that lies underneath it, I believe in, in the innate truth of who we are is that we don't know who we are. So, but that comes a little later. So, Shay, how about you? How do you relate to this topic? Ah, beautiful, Shay, Sovereign, and thanks for um, initiating this conversation, Yvonne. I'm, I'm really um, fired up for this conversation. I'm really excited by it, actually. It's really stirred a lot in me and primarily, obviously, talking about overcoming. So, the question about how we can move, like, beyond this level of awareness which i relate to consciousness is my conscious awareness of my relationship to poverty or on the other side of the spectrum is abundance you know thrivality and in our modern day and age we look at that through the lens of money so um in our current you know exchange we have put value on this fiat currency which we use as a monetary exchange um, and I really, I'm really keen for this conversation to really go down <clears throat> and look at what's happening on a larger level in terms of um, the macro perspective of the economy and, and the direction that it's potentially headed in going, moving more digital. But to bring it back to a personal level um, and to start there, because ultimately that's what is within um, my control, within my capacity, is what I have to do with my relationship to the whole or to the relationship of abundance and the relationship of um, how I am with my own self in receiving. And so in the work that I've done with um, 
uh, Dr. Espen, for example, he really speaks to the solar plexus as the energy center within the body, which for those who are unaware, it, that's the kind of area just below the heart, just below the sternum in between the rib cage, which is generally the more masculine energy center. Um, but it has to do with the area of life of finances and wealth and, and money. And generally what happens, what they suggest is when this is really uh, overcharged when it's out of balance and this is uh, this area of the body i'm just looking down to my um, middle of my chest and my body when it's really like <clears throat> um, charged it's very expressive and the chest is out and and the ego is strong and you know people are get greedy and they're accumulating a lot of money and they're kind of taking from the little guys and taking more and more and more for themselves and then and then on the opposite spectrum when this is undercharged, when this is like, you know, um, you know, the, generally you can see in the body language in the body that there's more of a hunch and it's like lower and it's not as expressive and open. And and this is when people can, you know, what we're talking about in the terms of poverty consciousness and there's kind of more spiritual community, people have an aversion towards money and they're um, undervaluing themselves. And they, they don't want to accept, you know, money for their exchange and their time or their energy. They're just volunteering and they're kind of, you know, their self level of self-worth is so low that it, you can even see it in their body language um, because they have such a, a hate towards money. Um, and when we just start to break down what is money, for example, it's a, it's an, it's a value of fair exchange. Um, it's an agreement between two people. And we've put our trust in a you know piece of plastic paper here in Australia that this is uh, going to be a value this is someone's going to accept this for a start even though it has no value it's not backed by anything physical as it used to be um, I'm going to trust that someone is going to accept this number on a note <clears throat> as a fair exchange of value of my time or my skills or my my offerings whatever it is that I have to offer and so Something that I've really noticed in this space within myself is particularly when we're trying to find balance, because if we're if we're finding ourselves undercharged, then we want to come back into homeostatic balance. We want to break through that that awareness of, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm poor, I can't afford, or I don't have or this lacking mindset. So it's in the mind of our it's our conscious mindset that, oh, I am not good enough to receive. I don't have enough skills. I don't, you know, like a sense of victim mentality, which Sovereign really spoke beautifully to around being disempowered. And when we just look at our natural state as humans, we are powerful beings. Like we have such a creative capacity to, you know, imagine things like literally in terms of spirit, spiritual sense as our spiritual beings that we are and, and business being a spiritual game. What does that mean? Well, a business is literally being able to pull out of the ether an idea that has just come through this channel and manifest it into the physical. So we create the systems to be able to, and, that, and that's a spiritual game because it's very likely if you've been a business owner or operated in businesses, there's going to be people that steal from you, that cheat you, that don't work as hard as you work, um, that don't show up on time and so forth. And so that level of awareness of how am I going to treat them is a reflection of how I treat myself, right? And so it really starts to unpack on deeper levels this, this realization that every single one of us 
are creative spiritual beings, right? And so what does that mean? That we have the potential to create and manifest in the physical these concepts and ideas and visions and dreams and imagination and ultimately that we get to express that through our hearts and through our art. And oftentimes people misconstrued art just being a painting on a wall, which certainly is beautiful artwork, <clears throat> but we don't really conceptualize that art is also, you know, music and filmmaking and, um, you know, businesses and making a beautiful, you know, latte looking really pretty with flowers on it. And, you know, there's such a, our lifestyle, for example, we are living, breathing pieces of art, you know, the way that we design our lives, you know, the way that we create our home space, the way that we live in relation to our environment. <clears throat> and so what I've noticed, in, even not just the spiritual community, but in the artist community, that a lot of people are phenomenal artists. Like, I mean, like out of this world um, creators. They have this, you know, beautiful capacity to create music that is just like transcends the, the physical. And they have this amazing capacity to be able to create um, even digital art or creations or landing pages or whatever it may be. They have such a, a, a finesse in their creations, yet they're still not earning money. And so they say, okay, well, how do, we, how do we recognize and have awareness, consciousness of what the game of money is? Again, fair exchange, fair value of exchange. And um, it's hard to put a, a value on ourselves or our creation. And, and so what ends up happening is it, realistically, we are without even knowing it, we are in a state of hypnosis. And what I mean by that, and we could probably all agree, we've all heard this term come up recently, mass formation, uh, hypnosis. And what does that mean in terms of poverty consciousness? Well, generally what happens here in Australia is that we get some sort of an income from somewhere. And then we do the very best at matching our income with our expenses. And then we earn a little bit more income and then we go, oh, my God, yeah, this is amazing. I'm getting paid more. And then we go, let's go on a holiday or let's spend more money or let's get a bigger house or let's, you know, so we're in this hypnotic state of matching our income to our expenses. So without considering how we can create intergenerational wealth through, you know, uh, you know a longer term strategic um, investment into myself as a starting point to just learn these concepts that we're speaking to, really open up the conversation and then really realize how that words are governing our consciousness. And that's a quote from Sovereign that I love and I really hold tight to it because I, I actually really believe this in a big way. Words govern our consciousness. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, how many of you out there, write in the comment section if you have done this just like I have and gone, I want more money. I want more money. I want more money. I want more money. Manifestation, manifestation, manifestation. Well, we just got to look at the words. And if I'm saying I want more money, guess what I am affirming? I am affirming that I don't have money and I need more. So already I'm in the position of a victim that I don't have, that I'm lacking and I'm scarce of money. And I'm going to pray that to the universe and I'm going to recreate that ongoing, 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 ongoing. So I'm literally affirming my position of poverty. <laughs> and, you know, it's, it's such a, 
simple thing that probably many of us have done, but we really haven't had that depth of realization of how I'm creating that for myself. Now, that's an empowering position to recognize I am creating this reciprocal cycle of poverty for myself. So the question is, how do I break free from this? And going back to the analogy of the artist, this is what I love because I've, you know, also wrestled with this so much within myself and it's so hard to, you know, create, you know, spend years of your life creating a masterpiece of art that you've put all your love and attention and resources and time into and then to suddenly show it out and share it with the world now. Whether it's free or $10,000 or whatever price point is at, just to share it, let alone the, the value of it. It's like all the limiting beliefs and self-judgment, self-criticism, all the, you know, the inner stuff of I'm not good enough really begins to surface very, very quickly because <laughs> this is I have created this now. And if people don't like it, oh, my God, poor old me, I'm going to suffer. <laughs> and in reality, that's just a story of a narrative that's playing out in my own mind where I'm holding myself back from even sharing what I've created. <laughs> and it's not even out there to the world yet. And I'm holding myself back from actually presenting it to the world because I've got all these stories playing out that it's not good enough. When it's very likely if I've spent so many years mastering this craft and honing my skills and really working on this piece of art, that it's going to be amazing. And it's probably got a lot of benefit to the world. And then so bringing it back to, okay, if I'm an artist and I'm a master, let's say I'm really good at creating art, whatever it is. And I've even now I've built up the confidence in myself to go out and share that with others. Okay. How do I actually value that piece of art that has some sense of worth because I value it and I'm okay if people like it or not, whether they accept it or not, but what's that worth in terms of monetary dollars and numbers? How much is that actually worth? Is it worth a painting of $50,000 or is it worth $5? Who gets to decide that, you know, and you can't put a price on, you know, your time, right? Because in this, this world that we find ourselves in, we, we are working, we are slaving our time for money. And so when we start to really understand these deeper concepts, what we're focusing on trying to do is not work for money, but shift the system with our language and our words and um, our investments into ourselves so that money works for us. Okay, this is a deeper conversation now because as an artist, as a creator, I've worked through my own limiting beliefs and I want to share my art with the world now. But the reality is I need to humble myself because it's very likely that I actually don't have the skills yet to be able to market or sell or um, you know, the confidence to really show how this can benefit others by investing in it. And so there's the skill set of the art, which it's very likely that any artist out there has spent a lot of time in crafting and maybe they're even a master at it, but they haven't cultivated enough skills. And it's like, okay, I'm not that good. And I still got a lot to learn. So it's a humbling position to say that I still need to not only work on myself and my own mindset and my own perspective of, you know, how the system works and what the game really is and how can I improve my skills? What skills am I not good at? And I can choose to outsource that to someone else who is really good at it or 
I can humble myself and say, hey, I want to learn this skill. I want to improve in this area. And I want to be able to have the confidence to go to the marketplace and sell this for a fair value. So when we begin to stack our skill sets, whether it be our creative art and then, you know, being able to um, market that in the right place or and then maybe be able to sell that for a fair exchange, then we begin to add value to ourselves because we're investing in ourselves by learning new skills. We're growing our capacity. We're humbling ourselves to realize we're probably not that good as what we think we may be. (laughs) And we're just open to learning more. And so this is where I really see the power in a community of people who, because we, in a business, for example, and we, we can really create conscious businesses in a way that serves humanity so that we can feel good in ourselves, that we know that my art might be massage therapist. That might be my, you know, I've trained for years and um, I've really honed my skill, but my small business, I don't have customers coming in. So, okay, how do I create a system that I can market to people who this service can really benefit and, and then be able to have a process of fair exchange and this is something I want to go into for later on, particularly around what's happening with the CBDC, which stands for the Central Bank Digital Currency and the UBI, Universal Basic Income, where things are moving towards. And I see the benefits, but I also see the negatives in both of these. And I want to kind of save that conversation for um, a little bit, but kind of to wrap it up, really looking at how we can be empowered in ourselves to grow the skill sets that we need to invest in ourselves so that we can be confident that the service or the product that we create or the art that we create is going to benefit the world. And then just asking the questions, what skills do I need to improve on or to grow in? And then what happens is it's like, um, how do I step out of that hypnotic state where, you know, as my income goes up, my spendings go up, more income, more spendings, more income, more spendings. And here's the biggest thing in Australia it actually doesn't work like that. Most people are so hypnotized that it goes like this. Expenses, go into debt, and then try and pay off all my debt. I'm in an acceptable level of debt now. So now, oh, I need to try and catch up. All my expenses are up here. I've got to slave away now because I'm, you know, I'm actually not earning money. I'm earning all money I'm earning. I'm giving it away straight away. So it's like, you know, the, the cool thing is what I, what, and I've never been keen on debt and I can understand how there is, you know, ne- good debt and negative gearing and all of the other strategies and games that are, that are out there. But my, you know, biggest lesson that I learned from my mom and dad really early, early age is do your best to stay out of debt. I'm grateful for that simple advice because it can, it can spiral out of control really quickly. And, and Sovereign had spoken to the taxes point and um, I had this conversation uh, with someone who shared that um, and they were a professional and they said that um, indirectly or directly taxes are one of the top um, kind of, I don't want to, I don't want to blame the taxes, but ends ends badly for people where they're, they're willing to take their own lives. Well, taxes are illegal to start with, Shay. Sorry. Exactly. Yeah. Leave it there. Um, look, I, I'm just fascinated. I'm sitting here listening to both of you 
And so you've just really described the third dimensional matrix to a T. Um, and for me, it's like, woo, because <laughs> I've lived it, been there, done that, and, you know, got the T-shirt, burnt the T-shirt. So I just want to take it to a new level because, yes, we need to skill up. And all of that is really essential. And I just love how you described creation as art. But at the the beginning of everything, there is this <sighs> misunderstanding, a lack of understanding that we are creation in motion. I put that in the description. We are creation in motion. And so is everything else. So, first of all, what I'd like to do for everyone who's listening and for all three of us to have a look at our environment, where we are right now in this moment, where we're sitting, where we're standing, and acknowledge and accept that we created this. Not somebody else, not taxes, not lack of skill, not lack of worth, we created this. Now, whatever that looks like, when you can acknowledge that, then you take the first step of getting a bit of an idea of how powerful you are. Because if you can create where you're sitting, you can create something different. And I want to take it to a place of what I said, everything that we know in form and experience is an expression of creation in motion. Now, this glass is creation in motion being a glass because before it became a glass, it was somebody's thought channeled from creation. Then the funnel that it fell into learned how to put that into a physical form. But the original thought, and the original creation came from the power of creation that we are all an expression of. Everything that we know is an expression of creation in motion. The rocks, the, the chairs, the, you know, with you, you know, centropy, the flora and fauna has no question about abundance because it knows how it all works. You know, even when when something in 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 flora and fauna, because I, I'm actually really channeling myself to not talk about nature as a separate thing to me. So the flora and fauna of nature, it knows that when something dies, it, it's only there to fuel what is coming anew as a new growth. That is how this cycle of creation works. So it comes to mind that the biggest concern that I have with the so-called awakened and I say so-called because I've been doing it myself for years is that I really don't really get an inner stand or implement implement or know how to implement this creative process consciously okay and yes we can say about the programming uh, but if we really got it if we really in understood that we are the expression of creation, we are the conduits of creation, 
then we would learn to open the funnel and call in abundance rather than what we got. And yes, absolutely. We talk such a good talk, but we don't walk it. We don't walk it. You know, there is a saying, and first there was the word. And so you've both really talked about that, how you express. I remember I was married to a man whose every second word was, and may he rest in peace. I can't afford it. We can't afford it. So poverty consciousness was rife in my married life where we couldn't, he was an architect, but he, you know, insisted we buy secondhand furniture and, you know, stuff like that. So I, I was absolutely embroiled in poverty consciousness. When I moved out of that situation, I moved into a beautiful brand new townhouse. And before I allowed my children to step over, over into the doorway, I said, never, ever tell me the words I can't afford, not allowed anymore. So we have to really examine our, our language. We have to know how we speak. But when you really get that everything is creation in motion. And so, yes, Shay, you took it all to the monetary value of pr prosperity. But, but that isn't prosperity. That is just a small piece of exchange. But prosperity is how we live. It is the generosity of heart. It is how we view the world. If I walk out and I see things, well, that's nice, but I can't afford it, you're in poverty consciousness. But if I see something and I go, isn't that magnificent, how beautiful, and who has created that? And we, and we bring it into us with gratitude that is being shared for us in this moment. It is a total change of looking at who we are. We are channels of whatever we put our energy to. It is a simple, a very simple equation. And, you know, you talk about the services of that, that we have so many of now. There's our healers and there are beautiful and, and we're doing so much out here as spiritual awaken services where we are giving our services to people and yes we undervalue it because we're afraid that people won't use it and that is it is lack of self-worth but it's more than that is lack of the realization that we can create anything that we pull out of the ether because it's available to us so if you want a, to have a you know a whatever you want, you want a boat, you want to, and it's not about the physical things. It's about this, this energy of prosperity within you, which sees the world as a world of generosity, a world of abundance of that, whatever you desire is already there. Otherwise you wouldn't have the desire landing in your consciousness. You know, there is that lovely phrase, whatever a man can conceive, man can achieve. Of course, there's a little bit missing in the middle of that phrase. It says, whatever man can conceive and believe, that's missing, man can achieve. Why is that? Because we couldn't conceive of it, that is the conceptual seeding, 
if we didn't have the vibrational frequency configuration within us to bring it into form. And again, I come back to this glass. When you think about how that was created, so someone had an idea of creating a glass, then all the molecules of the universe coincided with the thought form or the picture or the vision and then reconfigured itself in the perfect shape and the perfect expression of creation of this glass. That is exactly how we are created. It is exactly how everything that we see as form is created. And it, that's what's missing in the inner standing of the awakened people. They're still caught in that trap of, I've got to make money. Well, then go and get yourself a job at the Mint because that's where they make it. But we don't, you know, abundance isn't about money. It's about being fulfilled. And I mean fulfilled. It is about someone offering you a cup of coffee. It is about somebody offering you a meal. It's about somebody singing a song you love. It's about somebody sharing their story. It is about being open to receive the gifts of life. We need to learn that if we want prosperity, we need to question. We always know what poverty means. But what does prosperity mean to you? Does it just mean money in the bank? Does it? Well, it doesn't to me. I am surrounded by prosperity. I'm, a, I'm one little woman living in a house. I tell you what, I look around and I go, how many times have I culled this, you know? I've got more stuff. What am I doing with it all? It just keeps rolling in. And I just go, well, maybe I just better pass that on, recycle, repurpose, whatever, because it just keeps falling into my house. I have the most amazing experiences of, I've always said I'm a five-star girl and I have had the most wonderful holidays and the most wonderful experiences of, of joy offered to me. You know, and because, because I see life as this amazing opportunity of exploration of not just money but I love money only for what it can offer me and what I can offer other people with it. But what I love most is the prosperity of love, the prosperity of joy, the prosperity of art, the prosperity of, of, of life as it is. You know, what has occurred in in our society and it is why we have been kept in this victimhood and in this matrix for so long is that whatever you think about prosperity versus poverty is a self-fulfilling prophecy 
We are all a self-fulfilling prophecy by what we say and what we think and what we do. And mostly what we choose to believe. Because a belief is a program and thought. Unless you take control of it and make it what will give you what you desire. So those are the things that I would like to see tackled and that does overcome. It is all about what's in your heart. You know, people keep getting so upset because they've lost their job. All I do is go, yay! Because with every ending, a new beginning waits. And, and so... If, you, if you're so stuck in the losses, I just had a comment for what I wrote this morning, which I've forgotten already, but I think it kind of leans into what we're doing today, that they did all of that and life was brilliant and magnificent and wonderful, and then all of a sudden the bottom fell out and now they're all suffering and they've got this, oh, and now all they can do is just live on day to day. And I'm going, yeah, but... But that happened to all of us. That's how we all awakened. And I fell into the trash heap to bring us to remember who we are, to make us go within. Because within this human construct is a multidimensional and multifaceted creation waiting to be expressed to be set free we we just all it says if you think that you can't afford something you know what the message is there's something in you that's dormant that needs to come out and so often when people say i can't afford your service you know what must i hear in my head you actually can't afford not to because when I went on this journey, if we're talking money, I spent thousands of dollars. And in those days, 35 years ago or so, that was a lot when you're a single mom and, you you know, all of that. And But I had this passion in me that I needed to do it no matter what. And because I trusted that if, if I was to do it, it would happen, it always was provided somehow. And that is what we have to learn. We are creation in motion. So what are you putting in motion? That's my question. Oh, that's enough for me right now. So, so I saw you taking notes. Response. Oh, wow. Yeah, I'm taking a lot of notes because I'm, I'm on a, a beautiful journey myself in stepping out and, and sharing this path to sovereignty and what that has to do with our will and what that has to do with the world of men and the fabricated reality all around us. This morning I really didn't have the time for it, but I felt that it would be so relevant to speak to what does the indigenous original mind song and way of relating to life have to do with sovereignty 
or will awakening or shifting ourselves out of poverty consciousness. And it has so much to do with it. And this is because we are born and cultured into a colonized mindset. We are all of this Western programming that has not offered any question throughout our entire formative years or education, whether the system is even valid. And we don't know anything really about colonization because we weren't colonized. We were, we were born into a colonized worldview. From my own experience of spending time in Aotearoa, New Zealand, and really learning how to listen and to receive the dreaming through that heart space, I gained a different perspective. I, I gained insight into something that I could only feel, that I could only... I had no language for it. They had language for it that I wasn't able to speak because I didn't speak Maori and slowly but surely learned more. But really, this colonized worldview that we don't know how to question, we can't really question because we can't put it into contrast. And this is what I love so much about how you are going above the narrative, so to speak, and you move into the space of that we are creation in motion. And for me, that the life teachings that I have been that have been, become part of my bundle are really about the study of the patterns of the universe. And, and, and that that is one of the beautiful orientations that any human can, can go and venture into. And what, what does that mean then? The patterns of the universe, the patterns in life, the patterns in creation is to recognize the intrinsic and the natural forms and strategies by which life does that. Later, of course, Syntropy came into the picture and that, that gave me the language, that gave me access to this dream world from my heart space that I got so connected with because it is my own inner indigeneity that was being spoken to, which is part of everybody's original indigeneity. We, we are all indigenous to this earth. It's just that the overlay of programming has come out of a colonized mindscape and that offered so much limitation and really how I relate to this conversation and what the indigenous relationship to maybe money would be is that through their lens, I got to deprogram myself. I got to deprogram individual words. And one of the offerings that I want to offer here is for a week to do an experiment with yourself and to explore, you know, we talk about money. It's this word, money, where does it even come from? Do you even know where it, where it comes from? Do you know how it got created? Oh yeah, we watch the videos. Yeah, I know that it's with the banking and it's in the, the Rockefellers and Radi Radi Ra. Um, in the etymology studies, where does the word money come from? And how would it be, and this is the inspiration to explore, it's just for one week to put money into proper con context because we, we, you know, we say it's a plastic piece of paper, doesn't have any, any value in and of itself, just other than what we agreed to it, but we still use the same word for it. And I'd like to propose to use the word non-valuables for a whole week. Every time you think about money, if you're willing, by means of your will, 
you can just install a little side program that whenever the thoughts around money or value come up, that the word non-valuables comes up. Because what that allows to come about is a contrast. We say that money doesn't have any value in and of itself, but if we actually called money just non-valuables because of the, the function of just a plastic piece of paper that doesn't have any value, and we call it for what it is, what, what comes out of that is a more harmonic balance in how our neurochemistry and the programming relates to it in the first place. It's not to denounce it as a means of exchange, but our colonized worldview never had a different word for this substance, never had a different word for this exchange, never had a different word for... And so if we just keep using the word that everybody in the world is using and our collective consciousness is engrossed in the, in, in the lack and the scarcity or the greed or however, there's a lot of energy being given to that totem, to that notion and how we can uncouple ourselves from playing into that unconsciously because, well, that's just what it is. That, that's just what, what we use. It, to me, it's been really helpful to discover my own relationship and the scarcity thereof once I started calling things non-valuables because all of a sudden I became a lot more free. I became a lot more open. It's like, you know, a friend needed $300 because he was in a, in a tight position. And instead of being, ah, oh, yeah, but I also need money. It's like, yeah, well, they're non-valuables. You know what? And so I, I, I noticed what happened for me is that as I became prosperous because I wasn't attached to a limitation around the value or my need of it because I applied a different word sound to it what I started providing others would just come back through to me and in hindsight that was a really beautiful period and and yet it didn't necessarily shift my my core programming but I also feel that I particularly have a little bit of a different background than most humans because in gestation um, as a tiny little baby, I got the opportunity to be gestated in a very toxic scarcity environment, um, which fully imprinted and formed so many of my subconscious layers. So I've had to do a lot more excavation around it, which is beautiful. And that's why I feel I can speak on this topic a little bit more with, um, with the fullness of awareness that there are layers to this. But the indigeneity or the indigenous way of relating to this world of man, this world of exchange, this, they understood creationing, they understood and still up until today are not en masse operating in the same colonized worldview as, as we were brought into. And that indigenous memory song that we can find access to allows us to also reconnect with something inside of ourselves that we can rest in. And this is what I see in the awakened community and the new earth communities a lot is that there is a, a spirituality practice of, I call it the moron approach. If you just add more on, it's like makeup. If you just put more on, it's just going to look nicer, but it's, it's a masking of what's underneath it. And I'd really encourage anyone that is interested in an indigenous perspective on this whole notion of exchange, of value, 
of offerings of contracts there is such a wealth of wisdom that is natural wisdom that's innate wisdom that can be used to put into contrast that which we never really even questioned and so i go back to the root so to speak within myself to discover a different mind song a different orientation that's not necessarily better or 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 worse but i like to create the contrast and i like to apply a different language form to things that i've never really had any other word for and what i feel that can really shift by seeing money just for a week whenever the program comes up as a piece of non-valuables how does it shift my scarcity and my wanting to hold on to it how more easy can i be in flow with it and be like oh well yeah it's a non-valuable yeah you're asking because the question is not can i have something that you're not willing to give me the question would be of my was of my friend hey i feel that i'd really benefit some um, some support how do you feel about that and that was an answer on do i feel willing or do i not feel willing and it didn't have anything to do with whether or not i had enough and for me the indigenous world view and the lens through which i come into many conversations without even naming it is something that really provides a different metric and a different viewpoint that broadens the scope of our horizon and allows us also to chart a different course and i feel that that's a valuable offering because many of the people in the new earth community artists world that are following their heart's dream that are into the new earth awakening for me and from my own experience there was that kind of resentment because my inner world knew of this indigenous way of relating to life but i hadn't freed up the space yet around these constructs and ideas of money and i think that particularly how we can reverse some of that programming and how some of that impactful belief system forming can be changed for future generations if we actually start speaking full reality around money with our children this is what i've done with my children and i feel that that has allowed them to see what i wasn't offered as a perspective and that is an indigenous perspective and i'd love to go into that more um but i feel that i just want to plant a little seed there if people feel attracted to learn more about that um of course they can always connect in with me you know what what this um this is an amazing discussion because it's going to open so many more doors and each one of us is going to say oh we really need to talk more about that and need to talk more about that which which is wonderful and that is what these conversations are about it is about you know igniting sparks within people and within ourselves that take us to the next step because that is how growth occurs that's how expansion occurs that's how creation occurs so just before i get to you shay because you talked a lot about the creative arts and i really want to talk about that because we are all no matter what it is that we actually um 
are occupied in, if as long as we're following what is coming from within us in our innate self, that is art. You know, we are, we are expressions of art, and and that can be being a a, a really good um, latte maker, or um, you know, we, we create a beautiful picture. Um, and I love the idea, Shay, when you say let's you know let's do something for a week. And as you spoke about that, I I just got this real lovely thing given, which said, let's eliminate the words I want. Not just for a week, forever. Now, you and I sort of have talked about changing that to, I. well, I used to change it to I choose. And then, and I love this, you know, the more that we expand, the more that comes to us. And so then we 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 change it to I will, yes. Well, I'm taking it up another notch. So this is my exercise for you, everyone. Instead of I want, I create. Right? Because everything we stand in, we create. I remember being invited to someone's place um, in Hamilton Islands and they had this beautiful penthouse apartment, magnificent. And I took two of my friends, we were all friends and we were all invited. And they stood on the balcony overlooking, you know, the harbour um, and all the boats. <laughs> and they're saying, oh, isn't this wonderful? And to them, it was something that didn't wasn't theirs. I'm standing there and I go, look at what I've just created. Very different mindset. So how about we replace I want with I create. So Shay, I'm sure you've got lots to say. Yeah, thanks for sharing. No, I love that I create. It's such an empowering position to choose ultimately and i feel that you know we, we could all agree like this whole conversation is not it's not about money right and we all know that money does not bring happiness as we all discussed you know it doesn't bring fulfillment it doesn't bring meaning to our lives and so that's ultimately the question is is like what is meaningful what do i give meaning to what is meaningful for me and you know, some of us are fortunate to find meaning in our everyday lives or find meaning in our jobs, you know, what we choose to do for, for a living. And, and that's a really beautiful, empowering position to, to be in um, because then we become in ourselves unshakable. We become unstoppable. We become, you know, even amidst the uncertainty of and the unknown of what's to come tomorrow or next year or next decade, it's like it doesn't matter. I become invincible because I'm like, you know, I'm confident in myself, in my creative abilities to manifest, you know, what my needs, my fundamental needs, my food, the shelter and the community fundamentally to survive and actually have meaning in all of those basic, you know, needs that we have as humans. And, that's a beautiful, you know, position to to be in, and and I think that that 
the relevance of having that conversation around how do we invite and invigorate more conversations where we can be real about, oh, you know, I'm concerned that I might not have enough money to feed my family for the week or like, oh, how can I support you and how can we work together here so that we can all feel um, our needs are being met as a community, as a family and as a crew and and we can not only like meet your needs, meet the needs of others and have my need of contribution met, like now I'm, I'm supporting others and I feel, I'm feeling good about myself because I'm helping my community. Um, but, you know, we're all, we're lifting the, the vibrational frequency of everyone up together through the veil because, you know, it's like, it's like kind of like a funnel, you know, you can easily get stuck or, or you know, a vortex. And Sovereign was talking about the patterns of the universe. I've come to, you know, just have a look at the flowers outside and see that this is like this vortexing spiral dynamic to it. And that's really cool because it's like the velocity of energy that as it moves in that formation um, becomes more powerful, right? It, it picks up energy and it helps to purify in a sense, and that's what they do with um, structured water, for example, that moves through a spiral um, and it comes through and it purifies. This is, you know, scientifically been been shown. And the relevance of that in our, you know, level of consciousness, our awareness of moving towards an abundant, empowered, invincible, unstoppable, kind of secure, stable, connected place is ultimately remembering you know who we are and where we've come from you know our indigenous ways of being our ancestral lines but bringing it back into the modern day into ourselves now and knowing who i am and what i have the capacity to create you know how how much even in you know let's say the most stressful chaotic um moment of fear that i could be in that I have cultivated enough skills and tools to be able to calm my breath and shift my nervous system and creatively think about a solution to find a way that we can just go, hey, you're really good in growing food. You're really good in, you know, looking after kids and teaching them cool things. You're really good in, um, you know, going out and finding uh, or exchanging goods. Let's work together here so that now we've got this thread of connection where you know i am not good at everything and i can't do everything but together there's a real strength in in our co-creation in our collaboration in our community and that's a a beautiful kind of you know threshold to to move beyond because what i what i notice one of the most you know saddest things about the matrix in our current cultural framework is that one most people are spending their days and doing something they don't like um, <laughs> with people they don't like and then two um, we're you know we get caught up in in that having to be the thing and we forget about actually what's really important and for us to you know find meaning in our lives and have connection with other human beings other friends and other family members and Sometimes, you know, it's just like, hey, when you're talking about letting go of jobs, it's, it's like, 
that might have been the best thing that ever happened to me. <laughs> so this is, I love this conversation and I really love that higher kind of perspective of seeing it from another lens, another, another viewpoint. And when, when it would be easy to go on our own, you know, solo journey, which I definitely recommend for, you know, a kind of initiation and a rite of passage to go through that deeper inner, you know, alchemy of coming out the other side and recognizing the true power that I do have to create. And that comes with great responsibility, but then moving forth to come back into a community and a, and a family and a friendship and go, Hey, I, I want to offer, my my skills and my services or my time and my strengths and my my passions for the greater good of everyone here and that's that's what i feel will really because poverty is almost i see it as a, as a position of like like if something is um in poverty there's like there's not many in numbers or it's like it's like maybe one or it's like if, if we're in talking about human relation and community, like abundance would be extreme diversity. You know, there'd be many, there'd be many humans. There'd be many diverse skills. There'd be, there'd be a lot of us together in this beautiful um, way forward. And I think about like school of fish, for example, you know, that they just have this beautiful harmony as they flow through the, through the ocean and, and humans are naturally geared in that way. I feel too, yet we keep ourselves so separate. And for us to move through uh, the, the work of Bruce Lipton talks about this, to move through that, that pick up that energy of the spiral in the, in the vortex is that we got to put out, we are our environment. So we've got to pick ourselves up consciously and go, hey, I need to go and connect with some community here. <laughs> and I need to go and like dance with my brothers and sisters and feel that support and, and be open about what's going on and what's real for me. And, and wow, that, that there is, is abundance. That's true, you know, thrivality. So it's like so good. I love it. I love this chat. And I'm grateful for this community that we got, that we have, you know, we get to connect every, every second week at this point in time and chat and yarn and, you know, just a couple of things that, that, that I'm just watching the time and, yeah. you know, really this is a subject that would go on forever and I'm sure that yeah. there's definitely <laughs> part two in, in there somewhere. But uh, besides, you know, changing the word I want to, I create, just this consciousness of um, you talked about poverty. It's not just one. Poverty, the foundation of poverty consciousness is not enough. Mm. That's the simplicity of it, okay? So anywhere mm -hmm. in your life where you feel you don't have enough, you are creating poverty consciousness. Okay, that's really important to notice. The other thing that I came up with was that um, we undervalue creation. We value money over creation. Mm. So when you're talking about creative expression such as art and music and, and our services, then we are still valuing money over the creative power that is generated through us. And until we change that in our mindset, then we will always have this poverty consciousness coming to the surface. 
And I actually don't really um, ask for, I don't create um, a whole lot of, and I haven't up till now, a whole lot of um, financial wealth in one space that I can reach into. But what I have created and what I continue to create is flow. And when you look at nature, the flora and fauna of nature and, and the animal kingdom, they don't hoard stuff. They just let it flow. And so as long as there's always a flow of all our needs being, being met, then there is no poverty consciousness. Then there it was always enough. So there's a few bits of mindset that we really need to examine and change. So because we are over going over time a bit, um, Sob, a couple of last words of wisdom from you, as always. Well, listening to Shay, uh, it was just so inspiring because I'm such a language geek. And, um, and I'm starting a, a sovereignty language club for anybody interested. Uh, get in touch with me because uh, there's always more to learn. And I, lo I love playing and exchanging word sounds. So I, I spoke about exchanging the word money for non-valuables so it's just as an experiment it doesn't mean that it's real but money isn't real so you may as well just go and experiment and then i heard shade talk and i was like well how good would it be if those that are having struggles and challenges with money would exchange money with meaning i don't have enough meaning oh, right now yes i don't can i have some meaning from you i i need to go to the bank because i'm i'm I need to get some meaning for myself. Um, all of a sudden, it's like, do I need to go to the bank to get meaning? Because I think right here, right now, I can be in, in a space of meaning within myself. Or I want to create, with that word create, I want to create meaning. I want to create a lot of meaning for myself. And I really feel that there's something of value there in playing with the word sounds so that we unpack and we... We, we give a, our neurochemistry an expansion. We didn't get to go into this, but I, I totally get why people are also so reluctant to learning new things about money or how to change mindsets because we were never taught anything about it properly. So having been non-educated around that has also stifled most people's attraction to learn when we're 35 or when we're 40, how to now all of a sudden shift ourselves out of that. But just these simple exercises of exchanging money for meaning. And in some circumstances, you know, maybe somebody says, hey, I want to give you some non-valuables. Um, okay, well, that, that's nice. This is a different word. Um, and how do we feel about receiving, which I feel is a really significant part. And I think that that's something that really benefits, like meaning and receiving are two components that um, I feel for myself have been and, and what sits underneath there for people. And then one last experiment as an idea, um, if we're doing fun things with money anyways, sometimes just exchange the word money as a gift. Hey, I want to I wanna give you some gifts. Yeah, I, I, need, to, I need a gift to go and buy some something and, and to really feel what the, the frequency difference is because this, this singular word money has never been put on the the examination table and, and pulled apart like what does it even mean to me what does it mean to you what does it mean to other people we just have assumed that it is what it is 
we can name things ourselves differently simply by wanting to do so. And that will naturally just expand our horizon. And expansion is what creation is and what prosperity is. So I see definitely a part two to this conversation. <laughs> yeah, I really um, love it. I love it. I just want to say thank you yet again because, you know, one of my greatest prosperities is having you two in my life. I just, I'm so <laughs> humbled and delighted by that. And this is just so inspiring. I'm sure that people are going to love it. And I would really like to encourage people to send us, um, you know, a message or questions that they would like us to cover because this is uh, a bottomless pit for a lot of people. And until and unless that we come to grips with that and we empower ourselves in this area of our life, we are slowing down our ascension process and we don't need to do that. It is time for us to explode into creativity and for us to value other people's creativity as well as our own. So thank you once again. It's been absolutely fabulous. Um, and, hey, let's, let's do some more of this. So Yay. thank you. And, Shay, would you like to take us out? So oh, thank you time. guys. I just want to share one more thing. I'm going to be sure to spend my meaning on meaningful gifts. <laughs> I love that. Love that. Give your money out with love. That's what I say. Thanks, guys. So, bye bye. Until next time.